From Innovation Alley at Marquette University, I'm Chuck Swoboda, and this is Innovators on Tap, a show based on the idea that innovation is about leadership. It's a mindset to find a better way, and ultimately, it's about people. These conversations are designed to allow you to open your mind to new ideas and find ways to put those concepts to work. Together, we can solve big problems and maybe even change the world. When you hear the word crisis, what comes to mind? It might be fear, uncertainty, frustration, or possibly even some anger. But what about opportunity? It might seem counterintuitive, but it's not. A crisis is actually a great time for change, as it forces you and others to reevaluate your pre-existing beliefs when business as usual stops working. Think about it. Change, during normal times, usually happens gradually and incrementally. It's hard to do. Clinical psychologist Jennifer Kunst explained that the mind is like a rubber band. You can easily stretch it temporarily, but it snaps back to its resting position. We resist change. There are basic principles in the deep layers of the unconscious mind that sameness equals safety and change equals danger. But during a crisis, the rules as we know them seem to no longer apply. And for individuals, organizations, and entire industries, that means those hardwired mental equations temporarily shift. In these moments, we associate sameness with danger and change with opportunity. In this episode, we explore this phenomena and discover how you can learn to see crisis as an opportunity. We'll take a look at the example of higher education and hear how students, staff, and the entire industry is responding to COVID-19. And we will hopefully provide you some inspiration to discover the silver lining that exists within every crisis. That's what's on tap today. Enjoy. In mid-February, Things were humming along quite nicely for most of us in the United States. The stock market was up, sports leagues were playing, and schools and workplaces were abuzz. Bars and restaurants were open and travelers were on the move. And the novel coronavirus, while grim, was still believed to largely be a China problem. Then it happened. The coronavirus began to spread, and before we knew it, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a global pandemic. Far and wide, we started to learn what it means to flatten the curve and how social distancing and sheltering in place would, virtually overnight, redefine the way we live and work. In addition to the obvious global health concerns, the world economy has been severely impacted, as reflected in the decline in the stock market and a dramatic rise in unemployment claims. There is no doubt that the coronavirus pandemic qualifies as a crisis, and that it has and will cause many hardships for people. But in this moment, I would encourage you to look beyond these challenges and consider this. President John F. Kennedy said in a speech in 1959 that the Chinese used two brushstrokes to write the word crisis. One brushstroke stands for danger, the other for opportunity. In a crisis, be aware of the danger but recognize the opportunity. 
While Chinese language scholars have since explained that this interpretation might not be completely accurate, his point has never been more relevant. A crisis is an opportunity to embrace change. In fact, we are seeing this crisis drive massive change in industries such as telemedicine, e-commerce, and the event business. However, the industry that may end up being the most affected by this crisis is higher education. It is important to understand that prior to this crisis, the business of higher ed was already under significant pressure. The late Clay Christensen, who wrote The Innovator's Dilemma, predicted a few years ago that within a decade, up to half of the 4,000 colleges and universities across the United States would go bankrupt. But despite this dire warning, this more than 200-year-old industry was still resistant to change. College presidents and faculty could see the risks. They recognized that technology was challenging the in-person classroom model. They knew that the number of college-age students was declining, and it was becoming clear that people were starting to seriously question the ever-increasing cost of a college degree. But up until a few months ago, most people still believed that they had plenty of time to figure it out. And while people could see a future where the virtual classroom would play a more significant role, even the most optimistic people thought that the transition to online would take many years to implement. The pace of progress was limited by several issues, not the least of which were the risk of failure, the fear of the unknown, and many competing priorities. People just couldn't believe it was possible to go any faster, and there really wasn't a reason to try. But then the crisis changed everything, literally overnight. In mid-March, as the coronavirus spread, universities were faced with a difficult choice. Shut down indefinitely or shift all their courses online. So universities across the country started telling their students to stay home as they raced to create virtual classrooms and move courses online over a matter of days. This decision was made while many students were on spring break, and when they returned, their entire college experience had been radically changed. This has been an incredibly significant undertaking by all those involved, one that was filled with risk, and there have been some things that have gone wrong along the way. But the universities and their customers, the students in this case, are figuring it out. We wanted to explore exactly how some students are dealing with this crisis. So we contacted several from Marquette, who are part of the university's award-winning Excellence in Leadership, or eLead program, which focuses on leading yourself, leading with others, and leading innovation. We knew that this crisis was putting these skills to the test, and we wanted to see how they were reacting to it. Was all their extra work paying off? I hope their stories will inspire you to find opportunity in your own life during these challenging times and leave you with some ideas on how you might find the silver lining in things as you embrace this moment of incredible change. My name is Jess Thayer. I'm a graduate student in mechanical engineering at Marquette. So you asked how I'm finding opportunity in this time, and I think that for me, it's been less about finding opportunity and more about recognizing a need. Um, three weeks ago, I I was in the shower. I was, I was thinking about this PPE shortage and, and masks and face shields. 
and I walk, I get out of the shower, I walk straight to my computer because now I work out of my bedroom, which is fun. Um, and I saw, I see an email from like a longtime mentor and an idol of mine, who's the chief engineer of Engineers Without Borders. And he was like, I have an idea. I want to talk about face masks. Can you give me a call? So I give him a call and we start talking about how, yes, there's this huge PPE shortage in in the U.S. And we're starting to see a lot of really great innovation. Companies are showing up big right now, trying to meet the PPE needs. But Mike and I work um, very frequently with some folks in Guatemala. And we started talking to some of our friends in Guatemala and realized very quickly that not only are they not prepared, but they don't have the means and the ability to transform their supply chains as quickly as we can in the U.S. One of those is making homemade face shields out of two liter bottles and and a pair of glasses. How can we scale all of this great innovation that we have going on in the U.S. right now to rise up and like meet these needs and shortages? How can we take that and transform it and apply it to other places that maybe don't have the capital to do things as drastically as we do? Hi, my name is Lewis Finney. I'm a senior studying electrical engineering at Marquette. So finding opportunities in this crisis is really hard. I've just been trying to assist other people in this time. Um, it's important in these situations to invest in people. So making sure that everyone you in the organization you're reaching out to and making sure that they're personally doing okay and making sure that if there is any work that they're trying to get done, that they have the resources to do it. This is one of those times where work should take a backseat right now to how someone is doing personally. We are in a senior design project right now that's particularly relevant. Uh, We're making ventilators uh, for children in developing countries. So that's been one of the topics that's been weighing heavily in my mind that I see now like how Marquette and ELEAD prepares us to deal with these challenges uh, and really makes us think about how engineers can impact the world tomorrow. The thing that has gotten me through this would be exploring my passions. That's really easy for me to say because I am allowed to work remotely and also, so financially, I'm not struggling. And also, I don't have any kids to take care of during the day. So I've been able to work on passion projects related to programming, read more books that just appeal to me from that I don't need to read for school that are just interesting to me and can help me develop as a person. Whatever that form may take shape now um, for you in terms of your passion, it's the best time to do it. So my name's Riley. I'm a senior at Marquette University, and I'm a double major in biocomputing engineering and theology and religious studies. Um, But something that I've been looking forward to in the midst of this is trying to find ways that I can give back in my local community. Uh, So I focused on my neighborhood. Our neighborhood has a little Facebook group where a lot of parents are in it and different people are in it. Um, But I had my mom actually post my contact information just to offer up my like tutoring services to any of the kids that are in our neighborhood. And so I figured, you know, I'm home for this short amount of time, maybe depending on how long this lasts, but I wanted to be able to um, give back to our neighborhood and offer up those services for math, science, like technology-related courses, since I do feel that my engineering, you know, college studies have really prepared me for that. I feel like crises isn't totally um, something that's 
unfamiliar to me, my whole college experience and just different situations that I've been in with my family. This kind of feels like, well, it didn't go right. Why not? Senior year not go quite as how you planned. You really need to make the most of whatever situation you are in and really focusing on that idea of what got you here won't get you there kind of idea. And so even in this time of unknown things, um, there's a great opportunity for us to look forward and kind of see where we're at um, personally or like wherever we're in professional things, but it's time for you to like make the most of this. And so um, my advice, I guess, to other college students, get off your screens. You know, now that our whole school day is tied to looking at a screen, I think more so than ever before, I think making a point to kind of get off the screen is super important. I've been picking up hobbies like embroidery or cross-stitch, which seems like so old lady-ish, but it's been really fun to kind of do something with my hands and try to get off the screen. So my name is Paula Van Camp, and I'm a graduating senior in computer engineering. When I think about how we're in a crisis right now and a lot of people are kind of getting stuck on a daily basis or feeling somewhat trapped, I can definitely resonate with that, but I'm trying to find opportunity through this time too um, by really being present when you're even just having a conversation with somebody, listening very actively and being patient and living in the moment and not trying to, you know, jump ahead or presume what they're going to say. I think kind of applying that to this time that we're living in and not trying to predict what's going to happen next or how we're going to deal with the next big challenge, but really just thinking about what we're dealing with right now. If you are feeling sick of the people that you're living with um, or feeling like kind of frustrated by being stuck inside, um, really finding time to maybe ask some new questions or get some new conversations going. Um, I think about like little kids when they're stuck in a room for, you know, a long time. Um, They find all kinds of things to do. They could be in the basement for days, you know, and never get bored just running around or, you know, going upside down on the couch. There's all kinds of ways to keep yourself entertained and keep bringing new experiences out of what's still around you because there's a lot to learn. This crisis is not only affecting students, however. It's also affecting staff, faculty, and the entire business model of higher education. So we asked Kate Trevi, the director of the eLead program, how she is finding opportunity in this crisis. My name is Kate Trevi, and I serve as the founding director of the Excellence in Leadership, or eLead program, based in the Opus College of Engineering at Marquette University. I think, you know, higher ed right now is, um, this is the ultimate disruption. Um, I don't think any any one of us that are in the classroom teaching um, in this remote fashion for the first time would say that it's perfect. Um, but I don't think we need to wait for it to be perfect. This situation forced us to to have to operate differently. We had no other choice. And I think you know we've kind of been dragging our feet about, oh, can we actually do this? Can we offer um, you know our courses in a distance way? Have some students you know in seats in the classroom and offer it remotely? Um, and you know this forced us to to try that out in the middle of the semester without a lot of planning and preparation, which honestly, for me, I think has been the best way to do it. Um, You know, we had no other choice. We had no other option. You know, one of the things that, that I've been thinking a lot about lately, this time is really presenting us with a, an interesting um, choice. And I think that choice is around uh, vulnerability. 
one of the things that these video conferences enable is a little bit of a window into the world in which all of our coworkers, all of our students, all of our customers live. Um, and I think we have a choice around how much we let people in. And there's reasons why we blur backgrounds. There's reasons why um, we may choose not to turn the camera on and just join, you know, by audio. And one of the things that, you know, we've challenged our students to is turn your camera on. You know, if you're worried about your cat crawling across your keyboard or a kid running um, into the room, um, you know, needing something, these are all the distractions that we are actually living with right now. And the reality is these are all the things that are going on in the backgrounds of our lives anyways, um, whether they're on camera or not. And as leaders, we have a choice about how we model the way, how we let people in, um, how vulnerable we are with what is going on in our lives. There's comfort in knowing that we're all sort of in this together. But what does this look like when we return back to some sort of probably different normal, but some sort of normal, there's still going to be stuff going on in our lives. And how do we let people see that? And so I would just just throw that in as a way of thinking about, uh, you know, what can be different in a really positive way? Um, and how can we start practicing that now? Turn the camera on, uh, let people see what's going on in the background of your life. My words of wisdom. Thanks. I want to thank Jess Thayer, Paula Van Camp, Riley Dowdle, Louis Finney, and Kate Trevi for sharing their insight on this episode. It's inspiring to see how all of them have embraced this moment of change and found opportunity in crisis. It is clear to me that higher education has made more progress in the last two months moving to online than it had in the past 10 years. And I predict that this will end up being one of the most innovative periods for this industry and the business model will be forever transformed for the better. As the parent of a student who will graduate this May without a graduation ceremony to celebrate an important life accomplishment, I've been feeling sad that these students will miss out on their moment. But then I realized this is an opportunity for them as well. Life is full of things you can't control, and it's how you respond in these moments that really matter. These young people will have seen firsthand that while a crisis no doubt causes difficulties for many people, it also creates opportunities for innovation. As you heard in their stories, this is a time for people to take more risks, focus on what really matters, and embrace the opportunity to lead. And it is great to see them already doing what it takes to be the difference. When it comes to innovation, you should never let a crisis go to waste because that's when everyone is the most open to change. If you found value in this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, because I think we all know of things that could use some innovative thinking. Please feel free to contact us through our website at innovatorsontap.com. We are always open to new ideas or critical feedback, because my belief as an innovator is anything you do today can be done better tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Let's go change the world.